Good morning, humid and warm and beautiful congregation. <laughs> How are you today? It's hot in here. If you're in the balcony, the heat is rising, and there actually is room down here, so feel free to come. It's just, it's okay. There's lots of space today downstairs. My name is Jackie. If this is your very first time with us, either there at home, online, or here in the church, we're glad to see you and glad to be um, able to, to do this worship with you today. First time visitors, raise your hand. Yay! We're so glad you chose to be with us. And we have special guests, you and also other special guests who are here today um, from, uh, I'm gonna say collaborators with Raw Tools. Mike Martin is here, his family's here. Reverend Hope is here. And Mike and I are gonna do the sermon together today as a dialogue. Uh, right before we benedict, we're gonna go outside to the park directly across the street where we will see the progress being made as Reverend Jim turns a gun barrel into a farming tool once again. Once again. We do this work on Independence Day because we all know at Middle Church that none of us is free until all of us is free. And we are not free as long as guns are proliferating the way they are in our landscape. This epidemic of gun violence has got to stop. There's another mass shooting already this morning. Let's say hell no to that. We are going to work until we end this epidemic of gun violence in this nation. So there are many beautiful things happening in the life of the community. I am pretty sure that I'm not going to remember all of them, but I will tell you today that after worship, we're going to have a fantastic event where we're going to screen a film called Truth Tellers that will screen at 1.30, and then right afterwards, there'll be a panel discussion with me and Reverend Amanda and the um, authors of the book. Reverend Amanda's back today. We're so glad to have her and her family. With that in mind, let's take a deep, cool-ish breath. Keep in mind that your neighbor might be hot. Give them a little space, really. It's okay to spread out. This front row is quite empty. And let us worship God. Come on, wonderful Madge. <laughs> Yeah. 
be seated. So wonderful to be with everyone, especially in this specific moment in our country. It's a beautiful place to be. And now we're going to move into a time of prayer. And today's prayer will be sung. It is titled The Mother. So let's continue our worship celebration now in prayer. Welcome to the end of being alone inside your mind. You're tethered to another and you're worried all the time. You always knew the melody, but you never heard it rhyme. She's fair and she's quiet, Lord. She doesn't look like me. She made me love the morning. She's a holiday at sea. The New York streets are as busy as they always used to be. But I am the mother of Evangeline. The first things that she took from me were selfishness and sleep. She broke a thousand heirlooms I was never meant to keep. She filled my life with color, canceled plans, and crashed my car. None of that was ever who we are. Outside of my windows are the mountains and the snow. I'll hold you while you're sleeping and wish that I could go. All my roadie friends are out accomplishing their dreams. But I am the mother of Evangeline. They still got their morning paper coffee and their time they still enjoy their evenings with the skeptics and the wide hole but all the wonders I have seen I will see a second time from inside of the ages through your eyes you were not an accident where no one thought it through the world was set against us and made us mean to fight for you when we chose your name, we knew you'd fight the power too. You're nothing short of magical and beautiful to me. I'd never hit the big time without you. So they can keep their treasure and their ties to the machine. Cause I am the mother treasure and their ties to the machine because I am the mother so much musicians and now you're invited to stand again as you are able as we continue in prayer 
we're going to say together the Lord's Prayer. This is a prayer that Rabbi Jesus taught his disciples. An inclusive version is printed in your bulletin, but you are invited to say this prayer in whatever way or language is most comfortable to you. Let's pray together now. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the first Sunday of the month, so we are going to say and sing a very joyous happy birthday to anyone who has a birthday this month. So if you have a birthday in July, stay standing, and if you don't, sit down, and we're going to sing to you. Any July birthdays? Hey! Worshiping with us online, I hope you put in the chat if you have a July birthday, and our digital ushers will wish you a happy birthday there as well. And now you are invited to pass the peace. We could all be reminded that each of us has a part in bringing about a more peaceful world. That is something that God places inside all of us. And so now we will share that gift of creating a peaceful world with one another. May the peace of God be with you.
Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning. You gonna dance with me? All right, now listen, y'all. We done talked about how it's hot, I get it. But we had a whole conversation earlier about how we used to do church in the dead of summer, in the heat with no air, and we never like to quit praising the Lord. But if that's not your experience, you might know a Bikram yoga class that you have endured, or uh, I don't know, maybe you've been in the nightclub doing the dirty blues, getting that dance on, or Pride, where you dance down them streets. So I'm hoping that these memories in your mind will help you to dance with me this morning on this song. If you will raise, stand as you're able. If you are online, stand as you're able and dance with me. I'll give you a few movements or something if that'll get you, you know, your juices flowing. But at the end, we're gonna have a full-on dance break. So fill up the space and dance, all right? Here we go. Wow, thank you, Dion. Okay, it's damp, humid. T -t Today's scripture comes from the book of Isaiah, or Isaiah. Uh, the second chapter, the verses are one through four, if you want to read along. 
Listen now to a word of God in scripture. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that God may teach us God's ways, that we may walk in God's paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, Octavius is kind of stealing my show, and that's what it is. Uh, it's been a Nana and Pop-Up type weekend. Um, look at my nails, look at my hat. <laughs> we have not done self-care. Anyway, I'm so delighted to be able to welcome my friend Mike Martin. Um, the first time we met Mike was in 2014, when it was Martin Luther King Day, and we learned that Mike was a black, a man who would melt a gun barrel down into a farming tool. So I'm delighted to have Mike and his family with us today. <laughs> Mike and I are going to have a conversation. A conversation about forging independence from gun violence. Forging independence from gun violence. Mike, how many mass shootings have there been this year? I uh, just checked, it's 303 in this, and that's four, four people or more. Four people or more shot, 303 more mass shootings than there have been days in the year. Correct, yeah. And mass shootings are less than 3% of all gun violence. So that's less than 3% of all gun violence. How many mass shootings were there last year? Uh, we're on similar pace. 2021 was the, the most prior, so we're on similar pace to be about 600. 600 mass shootings last year. 300? 303 this as of year. today. Two today, I think, is what I saw already this morning. Somebody say, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Now, Mike, I'm from a military family. My dad is Air Force, um, non-commissioned officer, built B-52 bombers. My brother is a retired Army general, flew helicopters in Fallujah and like Afghanistan. I mean, helicopters with guns. Let me be crystal clear. So I'm a pacifist who has a military family. And I can't pretend that I don't understand that some people need a pistol 
in their glove compartment or in their house because they live in a neighborhood and need to protect themselves, or they need a small gun to hunt deer. I, I wouldn't shoot deer because I wouldn't, because I just don't think that would be any fun for me. Mm -hmm. But still, this conversation isn't about that, right? It isn't about that. Right. What, what is it about? Well, I think there's, I mean, we can connect the two issues if we want to stay here longer, but I think that there's something about wanting to provide safety and security for you and your own, right. and that's, that's something that we should all strive for, but I think we've individualized it so much that we want to have that sword at the ready at whatever cost to whoever wants to kind of come against us. But when we do that, we start, the more closer we cling to that sword, the less, or the less time, the less imagination we have to work with our community to figure out alternative ways to keep, our, keep each other safe. You know, there's safety in numbers, and there's, yeah, that's real, that's a real thing, right? We know things like dogs in the home keep us safer than a gun in the home. A gun is three times more likely to be used against you or someone you love than it is against an intruder. And that gets higher if you're a woman, and higher if you identify as BIPOC or LGBTQ person, and it just keeps increasing the more marginalized space you occupy. So, the, more, the more marginalized space you occupy, the, the more, more at risk for gun violence you are. You are at risk for gun violence even when you own a gun, quote, to protect yourself. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. That, does that surprise you? Yeah, okay. Because my people have been sophisticated. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to check in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, what I found to be really fascinating about this text, my team knows I'm an exegetical geek. The same, same exact text, almost exactly, is in Micah. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, version. That's your favorite, and, and that version ends with you having your own, your, like you end with a safe personal right. space in life, right? Because yeah, the vine and fig. Because right, you have this transformed moment. Between the two texts, I think what's really interesting to me, Mike, is um, one, there's a transformation that's expected that Isaiah the prophet expects God's people to have because they run into God, because they get in the way of God, because they go to the hot church and sit and fan themselves, because they, they study God's word, because they participate in activities that teach them who God is, and they'll hear the word of God, they'll know the word of God, and they'll be transformed. Mm -hmm. That they will have their lives changed, their values changed, their worldview changed, because they take on the worldview and the value of God. And in this text, God isn't like a warrior God. God is a teacher. Mm. Come learn about God. Come study God. Come be transformed through the knowledge of God. And God is a judge. I couldn't help but be cheeky in my thinking that, you know, this judge, God as judge is not God as SCOTUS. You know, this, this, this judge is just and right and righteous and loving and is not, you know, enacting a white supremacist nationalist agenda masquerading as Christian-ish life. Right. But we'll talk about that more another time. Um, <laughs> this way that God is a righteous judge who will help arbitrate peace among the nations. Right. That is both political, real nations, yeah. but also among the people. So in a way, the writer of Isaiah is saying God is our protector. Yeah, 100% that when we are in that space, we actually, the forge, we need to get out there. It's burning hot. We talk about it like the burning bush, yeah. right? That you're in the presence of God. You're in the presence of transformation. And when you're in that space, 
you start to recognize the things around you that push you towards violence or push you towards towards God, toward that space of God where we can be in right relationship with each other. Um, and and you can kind of compare that if you want to Pharaoh's hardened heart, that yeah. coming, leaving from this space that's been so hardened, you try and create this space around you that is just perfect and protective and safe, and eventually it leads you to a cave where you're all alone, and that's the only way you can protect yourself. And God draws us out of those spaces. I love the way you said that. Eventually our fear, our... our greed, our lust, thirst for power, sends us away from each other into gated communities, uh, into a fortress, uh, into boundaries that are thick and not porous, and away from community. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, and really, that, I would say that I probably occupied similar spaces to that until the work of Raw Tools that brought me into spaces that I had not been familiar with or used to, and it opened me up to systemic realities. I come from a Mennonite church that separation of church and state can't be far enough. Like, yeah. we, we want it as far away as possible, and so much so that, I, like, the generation older than me has stories of registering to vote as it being, like, a heresy, yeah. uh, because we didn't want to participate in that system. And yet, now, the younger generations are, are seeing the influence they can have for the rights of marginalized folks by casting their votes for others. Yeah, and you know, this text in Isaiah and in Micah um, doesn't actually allow us the opportunity to pretend that our faith isn't political. This is a political text. This is Isaiah speaking prophecy to God's people about God's politics, about God's economy. And in fact, um, it's, it's more difficult to trace, but making a spear and making a sword in antiquity was an expensive project. You know, metal, fine metal, steel, um, um, the ability to heat something up so hot to shape it. Lots of hands touched a sword, lots of hands touched a spear, and it was an expensive endeavor, but a blacksmith could heat it up and you know, bang it back out again and make it something useful to till earth, to till life. Right. And that, I think, is God breaking down have, have not, inside gate, outside gate, wealthy enough to build or buy or have a spirit or sword or just being a common person and making, needing to be able to, like, cut the, cut the ground so you can grow some wheat. Right, yeah, and it pulls us into a practice of cultivating, like, agriculture requires community, we, it requires care of creation for us to benefit from that as a community, and that's totally opposite of the sword. It's pulling us into a new practice, not just exchanging our tools. I love that, Mike. So, I mean, one, two, three things that came really important to me as I was researching this. One, God is calling us, all of us, all of humankind, into a relationship in which we are co-healers of the world as opposed to um, slayers of the world or conquerors of the world, if you will, right? This is, a, this is a peace-loving God that wants us to go up on a high mountain, and Richard Rohr would say that's higher consciousness, mm. that there's a higher consciousness about each other, about belonging um, that, that, that would transform us to um, this an economic reality, a shift in economy, God's economy of letting go of power as ability to kill. Yeah. 
power over, but as opposed to that, a power with, a, a kind of cultivating, curating, the whole community needs to raise a village kind of power. Three, this God is speaking to all the people, not the white nationalist Christians, not the Supreme Court justices, not the Republicans who think they know what people should do with their bodies, but just to trans, just to, just to cross borders into other issues, but speaking to all of the people, like all the people have the ability to hear God speaking. And that feels to me like something from your Mennonite experience, you've moved from this to a more, a broader sense of how God is speaking in the world, am I right? Yeah, I th part of starting Raw Tools was getting involved in restorative justice and restorative and transformative practices. And so centering survivors and victims of violence in this process has flattened everything. If you think of power structures that uh, even our court system has separated those who have been harmed from those who did the harm so much that someone who was harmed seeking restoration with the person that harmed them, it's really hard to make that connection. And true healing happens there. And I think, um, I think my Mennonite faith informed that a little bit or made, yeah. made me want to learn more about that. But being able to facilitate those spaces to have someone who held someone else at gunpoint and speak to them about the harm that they caused to them and for them to understand it. And then 30 minutes later, they're forehead to forehead crying with each other. To me, that's, that's the, under the vine and fig tree where we're in fear of no other. We're welcoming each other with open arms instead of bearing arms. And I that's that. that process. Micah ends with, we'll each have our own vine and fig tree. And Isaiah ends with, we'll walk in the light of God. And there's something about both of those two things to me that make us remember that the political is personal mm -hmm. and the personal is political, that in fact, that walking in the light of God is making sure that all of us have our own vine and fig tree, our own house, our own home, our own ability to live and have what we need to have enough for our children to be safe, even when they're you know, rowdy, um, for us to be able to be in community, loving community together, and the guns the swords, the, all the things we weaponize, because it's not just metallurgy, right? It's not just we weaponize our values, we weaponize our religion, we weaponize our talk, we weaponize our social media, we weaponize the way we tell stories, we weaponize how we build community, how we organize. We are so not wanting to be in a we. We're often not wanting to be in a new kind of we we're stuck in finger pointing and they. I am sometimes stuck in finger pointing and they, because they get on my nerves. But I'm wondering if there's something else here for us to consider about how we rewire mm. our discourse, Mike, our, mm -hmm. even our campaigning for a better world. What do you mm -hmm. think? Yeah, I think there's some great examples of, of people doing that. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Reverend Hope that we're here with, Swords to Plowshares Northeast, who's Steve Yanofsky's also over here with Jim, who's outside in the heat with a forge that's like 2,000 degrees. But also, uh, we're connected through Faith Leaders for Ending Gun Violence, which is a new organization that teamed up. And one of those partners who some of you are probably familiar with is Clergy for Safe Cities and the God Squad here in New York City. And 
when gun violence happens, it's actually really hard. They, we know when we email them that it's going to be days to respond because they're actively performing funerals. And at the reception, they are, they're not just preaching because of the funeral. They're de-escalating the tension in the room mm. for whatever is going to be reciprocated for the violence that happened. So I think there's a unique space for the church yeah. to play in this getting out of this I-we or from I and into we yeah. and talking to them. Um, it's easy to, to cast everybody in a monolith, yeah. right? It's easy, to, it's easy for us to categorize everybody. But at the edges of these spaces, there are people who aren't fully in that I think there's opportunities to build on the relationships we have with folks who are willing to spend time and then we, we commit to spend time to, to, to each other and then we start breaking down those walls that they have built around us and we've built around them and we slowly have shared experiences. And I think that's why potlucks and shared food and shared experiences are so important in this. Thank you, Mike. Um, my sophisticated Posse will not be surprised at these words either, but I just want to say out loud for anyone who's listening who doesn't really know, that the conversation about gun violence in the United States, where 3% of the shootings that happen are mass shootings, and that means 97% are not, it's domestic violence. It's something on the street, one person to a person. It's in a tavern. It's in a home, sadly, or it's a police-related shooting. I mean, it is a hot, hot, terrible terrible slaughter of life. In this Western nation, the rest of the world is sickened by our gun violence. And this idea that the Second Amendment is something that we need to hang on to without us understanding the roots of it is a white supremacist ideology that fleed oppression and tyranny and wanted to have a militia to protect itself from tyranny, but ultimately needed those guns to continue tyranny against escaped enslaved Africans, that's what we're talking about. So what we want to do is to, that's what we're talking about. So we want to be theological and sophisticated, and we want to sit at the feet of the holy, go up on the high mountain, raise our consciousness, understand what theologically is happening in these kinds of texts that paint the most beautiful poetic vision of a just world, but also take our hearts and minds to the Constitution and study and learn and look at the resource page at middlechurch.org and know why we're here. Because if we know how we got here, maybe we can unwind it and make it better. And let us not misunderstand that all of these issues are connected. We're here dealing with women's bodies. We're here dealing with trans bodies. We're here dealing with Black Lives Matter and immigration issues. We're here dealing with queer, we're here dealing with houselessness and economic injustice, and we're here dealing with guns because God wants us to build a just world in which everyone has enough. Amen. Mike and his beautiful family are going to go out in the heat with all of us in just a moment. We're going to continue to watch what Jim is doing outside. Um, but I just want to thank you, Mike, for the work you do. Thank you, Hannah, for letting him do the work. <laughs> thank you, Hope. Thank you, friends. Thank you so much for this incredible work. We're going to continue our worship now um, as we commune with the living God. And Amanda and Natalie are going to join me to invite us into that space, to the meal that rehearses into the meal that rehearses the reign of God on earth.
Thank you all for your patience as we learn our whole tech thing here. If you do not have, if you do not have, a, a, what do you call them, Natalie? Dots and shots. <laughs> I call them shots and Help dots. Help us, Jesus. Dots and shots. If you don't have one, please raise your hand so that... It was sort of like this in the olden days. Yeah. They, they kind of had saran-wrapped bread and little... Can I just say a tiny little thing? Like, if you've never used these before and know how to open them, this first little plastic, you just pull that up, and there's your dot, i.e. the bread of life. And then you pull the, um, there's a tab to hold the foil down. If you break that tab, then you can open the, the cup of blessing. And if you're at home, go get yourself some coffee and a muffin. Yeah, um, that's why. A little wine, a little cracker. Yeah. Um, mimosa and a donut. You know, get, get your stuff. Uh, we are invited to find our way to the holy, to find our way up the mountain, which might be actually a journey inside to a higher connection, a higher consciousness, an intimate walk with the Holy who wants to change us and transform our lives. We are invited to learn God's way, and we're invited to be instruments of peace, to turn our lives into instruments of peace. And as we go along the way, the fruit of the earth and the fruit of the vine fertilized with grace, tilled with love, harvested with the tools we build will sustain us for the healing of our souls and the world. Not only on that night he was betrayed, but on so many ordinary nights, Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and broke it. This, this is my body broken for you. Break it, remembering me. And in the same way, he took the cup, blessed it, and shared it. This, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for many. And as often as you drink it, remember me. This is a meal of liberation, a meal of remembering, a meal of future visioning because we are not free until we all are free. And this is our testimony. We will keep on marching, keep on walking, keep our hands on the plow, and hold on mm -hmm. until we all get to the promised land together. Amen? Amen. 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 Let us continue to worship God, the, the Jacob family, some little people, and Pop Pop are going to invite us to join the movement. Good morning, everyone. If you want an exciting day, an adventuresome day, you should have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. There's no way of knowing how exciting it can get. Jackie wanted me to introduce myself just very briefly. Uh, my name's John Janka. She said I should tell you I have two jobs in my life. One is that I'm an ordained United Methodist minister. And secondly, I'm married to Jacqueline Lewis. 
I'll leave it to your imagination to think about which one is the most challenging. <laughs> but we want to talk to you today about uh, the ministry of this congregation. Uh, and it is an entire congregation that shares in the ministry here. And you can't imagine, as you would scan our membership, how many people are engaged in that ministry hands-on. So we celebrate that. We also celebrate that this congregation is somewhat uh, unusual and stands apart for its commitment to justice. It is a justice-forward congregation. And it is uh, it's energized by, first of all, the the texts that we read with one another in worship, and it is energized by the commitment of the people. So we want to, Ophelia and I, want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't already done so, to join this movement. It is a movement for love and justice. It is a movement that carries us beyond the walls of this place or any of the places we gather in. And it is a movement that uh, cares for people and for a better world. So you can go to our website, uh, find a place that says join. You can join this movement. Uh, and the thing that powers it, honestly, is not just your energy, but also your pocket that helps to support what we do. Uh, so look there on the website. You'll see all the things we do. And your contributions and your support that way matters a great deal. So join the movement, and you want to say something to them? What's it called again? Join the movement. Join the movement. <laughs> Thank you all. Say it, say it one more time and feel it. Baby, I am America. 
Bless these gifts, O oh God, to be used for thy will and purpose as we try to be your hands and your feet in this world, as we try to usher in fierce revolutionary love. Amen. with me we're gonna sing uh oh say can you see it's on the back of your bulletin it's uh the lyrics are a little different than you may uh remember Thank you so much, wonderful musicians, for this beautiful worship today. And um, friends, that's my prayer. So you know, there we are. Uh, prayer for a prayer for a nation that is like the reign of God. Prayers for a world that is like the reign of God. Prayers for a place where everyone has enough. Um, we're going to benedict outside. So if you're feeling it's cooler out there, actually. So if you'd like to, we'd like you to come across the street and see the farming tool that has been created by uh, Reverend Jim, and then we'll do a benediction outside together, okay? Thank you so much. Let's go.